Terrence Turner. This is MG Table Talk. It's been a minute since we were here. I'm trying to do more of these, but be busy behind the scenes. But today, I'm extremely excited because I get a chance to talk politics, society. I get a chance to talk everything today. I have someone with a very detailed history in politics, um, in community activism, all of that. My guest today is Mr. Daniel Bangel. I said it correctly, right? Yes. Look, look, I've asked him like three times because I don't like, you know, make, I, I, I don't like messing people's name up. So I've, I've, I've asked him the correct pronunciation of his name a couple of times even before we started rolling because I just like to be detailed. So, Mr. Daniel Bangel, how you doing? I'm doing good. Very, very good to meet you in person, sir. Well, look, I'm pleased to be here. I'm, I'm glad to meet you, too. Okay, okay. So, tell me, you know, um, I've been kind of like, uh, I was looking at your, at, at your website and everything. Give me the lowdown as far as, like, how long you've been involved in political strategy, because I see that you're listed as a political strategist. So, how long have you been doing that? Um, well, I started off... Um it's probably been about five years. Um, I actually started off in politics in East Baton Rouge Parish um, as a candidate. Okay. For what and, office? Uh, I first ran for school board uh, back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, prior to that, you know, I was kind of behind the scenes stuff, you know, but I really just did a lot of more community advocacy. And, um, and then I got into politics probably about 2014, really heavy then. Okay. Okay. So, what what drew you to? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get back to the politics in a second, but you mentioned community activism. So, what mm-hmm. drew you to that first? Well, you know, I grew up in East Baton Rouge Parish, uh, and I was one of those kids that got expelled from high school. You know, got, you got expelled trouble. for man. I got man fighting. You know, who you fighting, man? A couple of people. Hey, man. man, I was a real bully, man. Uh, I had a fight. Uh, probably every year. I got expelled in 8th grade. I got mm-hmm. expelled in 12th grade. And what happened was, what changed my life around was that once you get expelled in high school, you go to Valley Park. You know? Oh, I got, I, yeah, I know. I got put out of Valley Park too, though. How you get put out of Valley Park? Fighting. I'm telling you. Did you, end up, you, like see, second, did, did you end up like second chance or something? I... You know what's funny? I actually called that school, but they wasn't accredited. Mm. And so I would have essentially had a certificate, but it wouldn't have been a high school diploma. So I'm in 12th grade. I'm expelled. And my mom was like, Daniel, look, I've gotten as far as I can get with you. You 18. You know, a couple of friends that I went to school with, rode on a bus like Dominique Washington, they in jail for, you know, first-degree murder and all this stuff. And there's people in my, uh, that I went to school with, you know, different type of lifestyle. So my church member took me to uh, Norwest State. Now, he took me because his son was going to school. Now, this was the first time I had a culture shock of how college is. Mm-hmm. People get the, um, they think just because you live in Baton Rouge, you know, Southern is there, LSU's there, you've been on campus. I've never been on any of those campuses. Right. You know, and so I passed by the hump to get, my mom used to wash clothes on 72nd Street right there in Scottsdale on Sundays. I passed right by Southern. I ain't never asked her to turn on that bluff. I ain't never went on it. Mm. Never knew I could go to college. So my my church member asked me to ride with him while he dropped his son off. And I got to Northwestern State, man, and I said, I start asking questions. I'm looking at students looking like me, like they free. Right. You know, now the funny thing about this is that what made me excited about college was the fact that I could eat all I could eat at the buffet, at the cafeteria. Man, come on, I'm man. Not, I'm hold serious. up, hold up. 
You ended up in higher learning because of the because of the buffet, man. Man, first of all, hold up, hold up. What were they serving? So they had so back in the day, every Sunday, sometimes every Sunday, my mom would take us to Ryan's, the restaurant. Oh man! I so when I walked Ryan's. in the buffet, I thought it was like Ryan's because you had a line here for high food, you had a big old thing for uh, desserts, yeah, salads, yeah. you had another line for pizza, hamburgers, and it is a lot of foods. And I say, well, man. So the first question I asked was, how many times can you come in a day? They were, well, sir, you eat three times a day, mm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I said, man. Now, that's crazy because that's the reason why man, I asked man, about man. the school. <laughs> I asked nothing else about the school. So once that happened, then I started getting being inquisitive. And I started asking, you know, how to get to school. They were telling me about ACT. I was like, well, what, how do you take that? You know, I guess a lot of these things that happened in high school since I got ex- suspended all the time, if they did talk about ACT in high school, I don't know nothing about it because I probably would never know. Yeah, they was covering that when you was, like, in the disciplinary it, I'm in the discipline center. Okay. And so, uh, so I started asking questions. And um, I actually went and uh, learned about ACT. But the crazy part about it, that summer I was expelled. And I had actually failed the class because um, Valley Park denied me attendance. I had missed so many days of school. And one of the teachers would not allow me to take my final exam because she said I missed too many days. So I ended up having to go to summer school at Baton Rouge High. So picture this. The summer, I'm at Baton Rouge High. I just saw college. I'll try to get there. So for the first time, I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sign up for my ACT. You know, uh, I got an AT of ACT. Um, now, Northwestern said you needed 22. Now, they had a such thing. People know about this. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing called uh, uh, this, convi- this conditional uh, provisional acceptance, but it was remedial classes. Right. Now, I didn't know what remedial meant, but I didn't care what it meant. All you, I know is I'm going to college. You're trying college. to get there. All right. So, they enrolled, so I'm a provisionally accepted based off of my high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm still working on it. So, look, so long story short, I go tell my mom, like, Mom, I'm accepting college. Now, you know anybody finna believe me, because I'm sitting in summer school. I just got expelled right. a couple months ago. And I'm in summer, so I'm sitting in summer school with a letter that said I'm provisionally accepted in the school I just learned of a month and a half ago. Went to my ACT, all that stuff happened in a month and a half. You move fast. Moving fast. And so I'm sitting in there. It's August. Um, so I'm packing up my stuff. I went to Northwest State with dreads in my head. With a clear book sack from high school with one little suitcase. Man, with a long T C shirt. He was still rocking the, the clear book bag, <laughs> man. If look, for those who don't know, that that was mandated uh in EBR Parish back, you know, some time ago, um, when guns and knives were being, you know, brought to school, so they made us do like either a mesh. Yeah, or a clear book bag. Or a clear book bag. So and I walked in Northwest with my clear book you bag. Rock, you 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 rocking a clear book bag in college. college. <laughs> and look, didn't know I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. Right. And and I didn't have a lot of clothes, anything like that. And so I'm in my dorm. I say, oh, I'm here. You know, I'm looking around college life. I see the, the girls. I see the different people. I say, oh, I'm in the right place. And then the first call I get the next day, the missions call me. Right. I say, Mr. Baker, we need to have a meeting with you. I'm like, oh, man, I just got here. The first thing they said was, uh, sir, we don't have a copy of your high school diploma. I was like, well, I hadn't got this yet. I, I just graduated. They said, well, how did you get in, in the school without your high school diploma? I was like, uh, y'all accept the mission. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you might want to check in your office. Yeah, look, but... The lady got it squared away. They looked up the system and saw that I had 
Back in the day, in Baton Rouge, it's called a rainbow graduation in the mm-hmm. summer because everybody from all over the parish. Right. right. So I got the high school diploma. The rest is history. And so uh, I'm, I'm in college, and then, of course, that's when I really started to find out what could I give back to my community. And uh, when I graduated, uh, I ran for SGA uh, in, in, in Northwestern. That's when I first experienced racism. Um, that You had experienced racism before that? Oh, I did, but not in that level of degree because okay. of the fact that African Americans at the time were less than twelve percent at Northwest State. Okay, and so uh, and at that time, no one African American on the SGA. Mm-hmm. So my freshman year, you know, my perception, like I told you, you know, was that you know they was like, man, we don't want this dude out here because right, they had right. to vote for me to get on the SGA, and uh, they didn't, they did not accept me at that time, and so. I knew the right rules of order. I'm like, hold on, this ain't right. A couple of people ain't here to vote for me. Right. You know, right. I, what about they? So, you know, I went to the, I had a whole grievance about this. And uh, long story short, they, I uh, was able to get on. And I just started learning more and more about, uh, you know, back back at home, like people like me, mm-hmm. you know, who need that extra help. You know, that church member, you know, because back in the day, really was a village that, to, to raise a child. Right, right. You know, I had my church members who, who encouraged me, my mom, you know, I had, I learned of my, my dad uh, later on in life uh, when I was eight, seven, eight years old. And so I, all these people encouraged me. And so. When I got out of college, I said the first thing I wanted to do was what can I do to give back? Because oftentimes people like myself, you know, we are misunderstood. You know, we need somebody to to give us that extra push. Mm. And that's what I started doing. I opened up a nonprofit, Louisiana Education Advancement Project. And my first year out, um, I had over 200 students in the, in the program. Um, we had sports and all that stuff that's in the program, but we were able to see uh, at least 50, 57% of our students on A, B, on the roll. Right now to this day, my child, my children on the roll, my daughter, straight A student, my son on the roll, because I teach the importance of education. Failing education gives you higher truancy. Failing education gives you higher recidivism. And failing education is the reason why communities are the way they are. And the more we increase education systematically, we can rec- we can decrease poverty because poverty is such a holistic issue. But if we want a foundation to decrease the poverty in our communities, then we must focus on education. And so that was my ultimate goal: is getting as much education as I possibly can. And to this day, I have uh, four degrees. Okay, four degrees. Mm-hmm. Now, when when starting your nonprofit. How do you find funding for that? Because that's the other thing. That's the, that's the other side of the coin when it comes to activism because there have been so many shysters, you know, historically where someone is positioning themselves as, you know, a savior or I'm here to help and they pocketing money. So how do you go about getting funding for these to apply the, uh, the resources to the people that need them? I'm glad you asked that. So everybody, every time I speak with most people, they the first thing they ask about is a grant. Let me tell you something. I had I had no grants. You know, the first thing I did is I go to small businesses. I say, listen, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, now I had I hit lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. because I went to uh, a construction. I went to two construction companies. So you went straight for the money. I went straight for the money because you know there's money in construction. Yeah, yeah. I went straight for the money and was able to pay out over 200 kids was able to get brand new equipment. Hmm. For all the sports, all our education, the purposes. And I had no 501c3. Passion will get you that first check, baby. But data drives the decimal points to the right. Okay. So I got there off passion. I went to the small business owners in our community. I said, listen, you know, this is what we're up against. 
You know, we got this is this pipeline of prison industry. We have people, and I'm I'm very adamant about telling my story because I don't want people to misrepresent them better than you know where I come from. Right. So I tell people this is who I was. Now because you see me now, you know I'm able to to tell the story. But don't forget. I was, I, you know, I walked from, you know, Washington Street to East Polk Street, South Baton Rouge. Right. You know, I walked down, you know, to, you know, from, you know, Fairfield to Baton Rouge High to go to summer school. I know how to ride a city bus and get on three, four transfers. Right. We can't just look at Chapter 10 without yeah. knowing Chapter 1. You know, my mom has walked from, you know, Glen Oaks Drive to the, the K&B, uh, I mean, the, uh, the K-Mart that's right there on airline. And so I know... How it is. And so when I went to these people, I told them straight up, what better way to have somebody to go represent something? They've been through it. Right. And I had no money motivation. You know, at that time, listen, I'm a store manager of a, of a, of a, of a, a CVS pharmacy. Uh, and I, I, I have no desire for money because I already had it. Right. You know, um, I opened my own business. I had no, so everything I did was for so the business. Well, at the time that other, other than my nonprofit, I also had a consultant. So I would consult little small businesses on how to open up, uh, get registered with the state, little, little small little things, which I didn't think was such an important thing in our community. Because a lot of black owned businesses, you know, pay money on the back end because they don't know how to do things from the front end. Right. You know, your basic account issue, your organizational structure all these things that you paying somebody to do you can simply do it yourself and save you know and have more money on the bottom line mm -hmm. so i'm doing all this consulting with churches and all these different uh, entities so that i could get and my really goal was not really so much that it was a business but it was a service you know and so i did all that you know i was going to talk at the metro council meetings for for different types of issues i was going to the legislature talking about different types of issues you know advocating for my community so i was already doing the work you know um and so as i progressed the bigger i got in terms of my mind start so when when the hurricane came i was like man all the resources are going to churches like you know healing place beth and i said what happens if i could do it right. so what i did was i i got on the phone I started reaching out to 18 wheeler comes as, as high as Virginia. I organized five fully loaded 18 wheelers and brought it to my neighborhood right there in Zion City at Greater Beach Grove Baptist Church and, and held up traffic all the way down 4th Street, wrapped around the Cadillac Street. Hmm. And I didn't go through no nonprofits. I didn't go through any special agency. This was just straight grit and, and just knowing the process. Or as and, we say in Baton Rouge, she got it out the mud. Yeah, I had to because this is my, my neighborhood needed it. Right. And and that's kind of how I started. And then after that, I just progressed. You know, the, the 18, the Virginia College closed down. And, you know, of course, I don't believe in certain schools like that because I believe they're predatory in terms of you charging people money to pay for uh, tuition, and they'll never make the salary to be able to pay for this. I mean, you go to school paying 18000 and you're going to start off with $8 out. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't believe that make, that's proportionate. So, but however, it's my community, and I'm encouraged because they're going to school. So Virginia College closes down, and I get I see the news report, and I say, well, wow, well, what about the kids who graduate, the students who graduate? And many of them are older adults, and for many of them, this is the highlight of their life because I, I was talking with them. I said, I'm going to do a graduation. Now, I kid you not. I went to several people with this idea, do this graduation. I shot the foot. Oh, man, I ain't gonna baby the... The same black folks that talks about how community is so important. Right. I go to them, hey, look, let's do this. This is an honorable, honorable project. Nothing. Let me tell you, I only went to three people. 
I went to Bethany. Bethany charged me, wanted to charge me five grand. I called a pastor. I said, hold on. This ain't my Bethany. I'm trying to help people. Right. They said, well, sir, we can we go have, but we have some operational expenses. Cool. So I went to Cares. I got three checks. I got Congressman Richmond sent me money for uh, to pay for some programs. Uh, uh, Bethany, I mean, Cares South paid for the facility. Uh, Denise Barcel sent me some money uh, to pay for some uh, something else, and and Delta College uh, uh, sponsored. Uh, that was it. That was all the money I got. We had over twenty five hundred people. I called a sheriff. I said, "Can I get some free security?" I don't have no money for that. Uh, sheriff said, "Okay, Mister Bang, I'm gonna send it to you." Call Baker. Uh, can we get the Baker Police Department? Uh, the chief sent the the the, and I called. I said, "You know what?" I'm gonna call the commission of higher education. I speak at his graduation. I said because although this is, this is a you know consider a vocational school or you know they don't have these type of speakers, but I want to encourage these people to go to to pursue higher. So I got people who would you know a speaker who who just spoke at Southeastern and who speaks at all these different you know right. four year university come speak at this school. Right. Dr. Kim Hunter Reed came over, and you know what was funny about all that. And every, everything is not about recognition, but sometimes you be like, man, you be looking on Facebook, you be seeing all these little, these people getting these recognitions for a little, nothing really. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, dang, I done put 300 kids, graduate, not one, one, <laughs> one person in my neighborhood picked that phone up and called and said, man, good job. Now, one elected official. Hmm. And I said back and I said, wow. But I when, said, man. But when the story is told, though, you know that that's the other thing too. Sometimes it's not about immediate recognition, but it's about and that's the money how point. how history will tell the story. But you know what I was so impacted by it was because of the, of the impact I made in the lives of the students. Right, right. When they when they tell the story, then you know. But I but I was so dis- I I brought that piece up about the elected official piece because that's all they talk about. That's all they talk about. Oh, this, that, and the other. But you had opportunity. Right. And see, it was never about. Me getting recognition or not is about me exposing what seemed to be very hypocritical. You have elected leaders in my neighborhood, in my community, and when you do something like that where it benefits all of us, you can't even say, man, good job. Yeah.